everyone, and welcome to episode 288 of the MTG Goldfish Podcast. I'm Seth, probably better known as Saffron Olive, and we have the full crew here this week, starting with the owner of MTG Goldfish, Richard. How you doing this morning, Richard? Hey, Seth. What a morning to wake up late. <sighs> Sleep in a little. Oh man, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Richard, apparently Richard and Krim both slept in a little bit this morning, and uh, we got some some big news, some surprise news. So we're gonna have a fun podcast today. Uh, but before we get into all that, we have another co-host in Krim. How's it going today, Krim? I'm g- doing all right. I mean, as uh, you know, as you said, I did get a sleep in a little bit today, so I, you know, apparently some some news have happened, and I haven't actually read any of this news yet, so. I'm gonna hear it from Seth, who's gonna break it up, break it to me with some good old, I don't know, breakfast <laughs> with whatever. Yes. So, so uh, obviously, uh, we had a big announcement today. BNR wise, that's gonna be the main topic of our podcast. Uh, it'll probably eat up most of it. We also have uh, maybe a little bit of like wrapping up double masters. There was a pro tour or players tour finals this weekend uh fish mail so we'll see what else we have time to get to but a uh, big topic gonna be today's bnr announcement which Krim is going to uh <laughs> experience live on podcast he has not seen it yet but before we get to that uh a reminder that our show today is brought to you by card conduit and card conduit they are the easiest way to sell magic cards uh, as someone who's done a lot of buy listing i can tell you it is a hassle. It takes a lot of time to sort your cards, to type them into buy list, to ship them. You don't know if the postal service will lose them or damage them. There's so much that goes on with that. But Card Conduit is the easiest way to sell your cards. And all you got to do is ship them to them, the folks from Card Order, and they will sort them and grade them and sell them for you. And once your shipment is processed, you'll receive the proceeds minus their fee. And you can get a 10% discount now by going to cardconduit.com slash goldfish. So thank you so much to Card Conduit for supporting the show. And uh, let's talk some magic. So uh, obviously the big news, the surprise news, and this is totally a surprise. Uh, there was no pre-announced announcement about uh, a BNR coming up. We just had a BNR actually not too long ago. So this was by uh by surprise completely and uh it goes into effect today. So this isn't a like announcement of an announcement. It's like, "Hey, this BNR is going into effect today." So uh Richard, do you want to do you want to do uh do the duty and uh, let Krim know what happened this morning? All right. Effective August 3rd today. Uh standard wilderness reclamation is banned. Growth okay. Spiral is banned. Cauldron Familiar is banned. Krim, have a seat. Three okay. Fairy is banned. What? <laughs> yeah, we got him. We got him, boys. <laughs> Every deck in the format, gone. <laughs> what? No way. Three Fairy is gone? Okay, okay, hold on. It gets better. Three it it fairy doesn't end there. It doesn't gone. end there. Okay, that's standard. So four cards. So I don't know what the standard ban list is right now. Is it like 30 cards? Like, hold on, someone, <laughs> someone pull it up. But Pioneer, Inverter of oh. Truth, banned. Kathis the Hidden Hand, banned. Walking okay. Ballista, banned. Underworld Breach, banned. Four oh. cards, four very unfair cards, banned in Pioneer uh, after last week's uh, Oath of Nyssa unbanning. <laughs> Okay. Uh, historic. We're moving on to historic. We're not done yet. Wilderness reclamation banned. So yes. you had some three fairies on arena and you wanted to play? Well, too bad. No! Banned in historic as well. <laughs> <laughs> Last what? format. Brawl. Okay, hold on, Krim. You have one more format available on arena. <laughs> Guess what? Three fairy banned. <laughs> <laughs> so brawl to fairy time raveler is gone. So four formats. It's a fairy band everywhere on Arena, right? There's like nothing you can play them in anymore on Arena. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. yeah. Big shakeups in Standard and Pioneer. And wait, 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 wait. So all the formats, uh, that I could play on Arena have zero to fairies. Yeah. Un- uninstall right now. Like, what are you, what are you going to do? Like, <laughs> well, you know what? I, <laughs> I, I was looking to be a Neopets streamer anyways. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you still have Hero of Dominaria, Crib, so all is not lost. There still are Teferis you can play on Arena. That's so last year. Come on. Man, but I don't want my <laughs> opponents to interact with me. <laughs> Dude, uh, no way. <laughs> that is... Okay, 
All right, all right. Wilderness Reclamation, Growth Spiral, no surprise. Teferi, I guess it's not a surprise for Standard. Uh, and But, like, Cauldron Familiar kind of caught me off guard there. Like, what? I mean, I feel like... I think it's correct. I feel like it's got to be, like, the... Uh, like, if we ban these other cards, then we expect that this will happen type of banning. So uh, I assume they're trying to, like, head off banning, like, the Bant decks, banning uh, most of the top-tier decks, Wilderness Reclamation decks in standard, and then just having it be 50% like Calvin index. Uh, so my guess is that was what their plan was with Cauldron Familiar. But yeah, that's the one that sticks out, not just because... It wasn't one people had talked about as much, but it's also the only standard card that was banned today that did not rotate in September. Like, Wilderness, Red Girl, Spiral, Teferi, they're just kind of, like, speeding up their rotation by six weeks. Cauldron Familiar was supposed to be around in the format for an entire year after rotation, and, uh, yeah, it seemed like Sacrifice decks would still have a piece of the metagame after rotation, so that one definitely caught me by surprise, too, but I think it's a good thing. I, yeah, I, I mean, the cat is just a random piece of could have been anything from that deck. It could have been Witch's Oven. Uh, but we, we've talked about it like every week on the podcast. Like anytime you play an aggro deck, it gets invalidated by sacrifice, right? Either they're just chumping for days and you can't kill them, or they're actually just taking your three drops and, and killing them with a one mana spell. So it invalidates every single aggro deck ever. And so you, if you want to play aggro, you got to play this kind of deck. So I think it's a good call. I think it's just as oppressive as uh, to fairy, like those two combined, like makes you not be able to play any kind of creature deck. I mean that. Okay, yeah, that all all of that makes sense. That I mean that all of that's true. Now I'm just wondering, like, well, what about so? So I'm surprised Uro made the uh, made the cut. <laughs> they had <laughs> like, to keep something for you, Krim. <laughs> oh, cool. Uro, Uro passed the test somehow. He threw to fairy and grow spiral into the blender and came out alive. <laughs> Earl managed to duck out on all of that. And now, okay, well, you know what? I, I'm i afraid to open my arena now. Because, like, they're going to say, you've got wild cards. And I'll be like, yay, wild cards. And then I'll realize that I cannot. Oh, man, I can't play three fairy. <laughs> okay, what if you bought the the skins? What do you get when you buy skins of cards that are banned? Uh too bad, Nothing. so sad. Because <laughs> the fairy had like the stained glass one, like yeah. the full art one. I or bought whatever. so many Teferi skins. <laughs> you can't ban my sleeves. I have that. You can't ban my sleeves. No, sorry. Oh, don't don't tempt them, Krim. They might. <laughs> also, second BNR, you can't use also, the sleeves. Tef- <laughs> yes, Teferi's sleeves are also bad. Uh, Wait, so- why is Nissa still legal in the format? How has Nissa gone this long? <laughs> So what do we think about standard going forward? Like, if we look at the meta, Team Arec and Four Color Rec were the top deck of the, top decks, I guess, of the format, depending on if you consider them the same or different. They're gone. Bant Ramp takes a huge hit with Teferi and Gross Spiral leaving. Probably gone. Recto Sacrifice without Cauldron Familiar. Gonna be way worse. Probably just not a deck, so that's gone. That leaves like various mono colored aggro decks as the top tier decks of the format that are surviving like mono green mono white mono red although huge asterisk those decks were played to try to get in under teamer rack in bant ramp with those decks being banned I think people can play sweepers and play answers to those, so I don't necessarily expect that we'll just see, like, mono green, mono white, mono red be the three top decks in the metagame. Do you think this is going to greatly improve standard for the next six weeks until we get Zendikar, get full rotation? It'll, it'll be, I mean, I am excited because this is such a big shakeup that, like, like, the list last month now is just going to be an entirely different game, right? I mean... It is, like uh, Richard had mentioned, uh, it is a little bit of an early rotation. So I, I'm excited to see what kind of, like, interactive decks come back. I mean, I have to imagine Simic Flash now is just, like, the happiest deck of all time, right? Yeah, Simic Flash or maybe Demir Flash has some yeah. good pieces. So I think that's a deck that definitely gets a lot better with all these decks being knocked down. I also think, like, maybe Midrange can kind of return to the format. You still have Uro. Uro was a card that I also thought that maybe could get hit by this uh, BNR, but Uro's still around, even though a lot of it's 
friends, I guess, are gone, with Gross Bio and Teferi being gone. I think Embercleave will very much be back on the menu now that Teferi's gone, and it's just, like, one of the most rawly powerful cards maybe left in the format, just slamming it on your, like, gruel aggro threat or whatever, so... I think, will this improve the format over the long term? I have no idea, but I think at a minimum, it's going to make the next few weeks interesting, leading up to uh, having, like, Zendikar release and spoiler season and all that stuff. I think at least it's going to make people interested in Standard again. At least it has for me. I know I was just in, like, no Standard mode, essentially, waiting for rotation, and now I think I will actually, like, play Standard again over the course of the summer. So, from that perspective... I think it, like, at least short-term, increases interest in the format. Whether or not it actually, like, fixes it or some other deck becomes 50% of the meta, uh, that I really don't know. But I think it'll at least be interesting over the next month leading up to Zendikar. I mean, yeah, yeah. I'm excited to see now, like, what what comes out of the format, right? I mean, like, oh... So I, so I opened, like, I opened my arena, by the way, and, like, all my decks, they all have this, uh, like, on arena, they all are invalid. <laughs> like, like, about every single one of my decks are invalid. <laughs> I wonder if why I have, I must have a card that is banned in them. Uh, but yeah, like, I, I'm excited to see what, like, what new decks come out of standard, but I, I do worry that, like, now is it, is it just Simic Flash? Like, I, I think it, re- it will just be a lot of Simic Flash and red decks, right? Yeah, you, you guys are forgetting about Embercleave. You guys are forgetting about, like, these old-school decks we had that are insanely powerful. Like, I think Gruul will make a resurgence. Simic, uh, Simic Midrange is also just good, right? I mean, like, you have Nissa, yeah. you still have Hydroid Krasis, uh, and you still get to cultivate and go into Ugin, right? There's, like, there's still, there's still a lot there. So Control I, I, is probably still legit, even without Teferi. Like, you still have Shower the Sky into Elspeth Conquer's death. Like, I wonder, I mean, I, I wonder this all the time, but I wonder if I can play just normal. Like, now that I don't need to play, like, Teferi, right? Grixis Control <laughs> in standard. <laughs> Are we tier one yet? <laughs> Oh, you get, you have another, like, what, six weeks until <laughs> Nicole Volas leaves, so yeah. you better get on it quick, Karim, if, uh, if this is Grixis's last chance before <laughs> a lot of its best cards rotate. <laughs> it's time for Bolas to rise. The real question think... is Elder Gargaroth. <laughs> oh! Elder Gargaroth might actually... No. 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 <laughs> It's closer, slightly, but yeah. probably still not quite there. <laughs> it, you know, it, I think it's maybe just shift. Now, instead of uh, instead of getting bounced by Teferi, it's just going to get, like, quenched by Simic Flash, <laughs> which is not necessarily more fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that is also true. It's like, cool, all right, I guess we'll just play all the counter spells now. But that means, like, cards like Shifting Ceratops are, like, insane again, right? Yeah, like, I'm hopeful, like, if it does become a thing where the Flash decks rise to the top, I'm hopeful that, like, Shifting Ceratops and some of the other tools we have in the format can keep it legal, or or keep it in check. I think another one to watch out for is Teamer Adventures. That was a deck that, when the metagame is, like, in a fair-ish point, that deck is absurd, because it can just outgrind basically anyone, but it doesn't really do well against Team Erect comboing off. So, uh, so I think that's another one that I would keep an eye on, maybe, like, shooting up the metagame rankings and seeing a lot of play again. Yeah. Team Reclama- uh, Team Adventures is another one. Oh, boy. Because, like, it's also hard to go underneath that with an aggro deck, too, right? I mean, if they get the Lucky Clover, Stomp can just be, like, a board wipe. Yeah, Fae of Wishes blocks pretty well. You got Brazen Borrowers to, like, bounce Ember Cleaves and stuff. Uh, Lovestruck Beast is insane blocker against most decks. So I think Team Your Adventures might be one of my picks to be, like, maybe a top-tier deck coming out of this. Yeah, yeah. Team Your Adventures, right. Team Your Flash, those are definitely good ones. How many cards do you think are on the standard ban list? Give me a number. I uh, oh. well, we, we got four today. Oh, man. I think But we're 18? getting close to rotation, so we have two years. Yeah, uh, 15. <laughs> I'm going to say 15. All right, it's 10. <laughs> it's oh. 10. In case you're wondering, in case you're not keeping up with the news, here's the complete list of cards you can't play. Agent of Treachery, Cauldron <laughs> Familiar, Feel of the Dead, Fires of Invention, Growth Spiral, Oko, Once Upon a Time, Teferi, Time Traveler, or Time Raveler, uh, Veil of Summer, Wilderness Reclamation. That's our complete standard <laughs> ban list. I think is that the someone most? on Reddit. I think it's definitely the most we've had in standard since 
1999. I think this Wait, came they up just on banned many all people. the artifact cards or something. Is that? <laughs> I think that was during like Urza when Urza was like ridiculously broken and had all the fast mana stuff. I think that was the all time biggest BNR update. Uh, there was one in 1999 that banned a ridiculous number of cards, including like legacy and vintage and standard at the time. But I think this is the second biggest BNR update we've ever had in the entire history of the game. I mean, wow. Yeah. I like. Cause wait 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 what what was I wonder what's the most amount of cards banned then the Urza like in ninety nine how many cards were banned then oh, I'm gonna have to actually like look it up okay because like I am curious I thought I thought by now this would be the most any like the most cards have ever been banned in standard because it might actually be overall it might actually be it might actually be the highest number of uh of cards banned at one time in standard. I know, like, there's this weirdness with, like, those early years was, there's a lot of weird stuff, like, Zorin Orb was getting banned in Standard at one point, and Standard rotated differently, so that's, that's where it gets a little bit awkward to try to figure it out. I know the 1999 update was Dream Halls, Earthcraft, Fluctuator, Lotus Petal, Recurring Nightmare, Time Spiral, Memory Jar, Mind Over Matter. So that's seven. I'm not, I think, like, just before that was Telerian Academy and Windfall, which would get it up to nine i'm not sure if anything else is like happened to still be in standard at that point like zero norb or anything so it might be the most or at least it's like on par with the most we've had in history with like urza's block back in uh, 98 99 oh man that's so crazy so like now now oh man now, now i actually do want to just jump in and, and play the format right like because i mean standard i've been avoiding but like how about historic Right. Like, I mean, I, I, I now have to think that like historic mono blue is pretty popular in historic. Right. And your hope was to like slip in a three fairy if you're like a control deck or a, a, a controlling deck. So historic now also kind of gets like, I mean, without three fairy there, there's going to be a lot of things running wild again. Right. Well, you have to use counter spells to stop counter spells, crew. <laughs> no, no. You have I, to play an interactive game of magic instead no. of just slamming down the equivalent of a choke or a blood moon on your opponent. Yeah. What? I, I like that. What is this? Against mono blue? You know what? I like that a lot. Now I, now I have like zero ways to actually ever beat mono blue. I mean, I'll never root for Mono Blue, but you're also not going to convince me that Teferi was the good guy. The in, like, Teferi any format, was the good so. guy. He's a good dude. <laughs> I mean, Historic. Let's touch on Historic then before we get to Pioneer. In Historic, I mean, obviously, Krim mentioned Teferi being gone. Wilderness Wreck is probably... I would say the most impactful that deck is that's something that we've been talking about for a while on the podcast. I know Krim, you've been on the Wilderness Reclamation banning, uh, <laughs> like train even before I was. You've been talking about it for months now and it has gotten pretty bad. I think the question people have been asking is goblins. I would say right now in historic wilderness wreck and goblins are like the two decks to beat. Do you have any concern about goblins or do you think if goblins has like a target on their head and you don't have to worry about wilderness reclamation that goblins is going to be uh like safe and beatable and historic? I mean, it's I think it's still got a little bit of an issue in that its power level just doesn't feel like historic's power level right now. It feels like it's beyond it's above historic. Because Yes, you like people are like. Why don't you just board wipe it? It's like, well, you know, like <laughs> I, <laughs> I think I I went up to like twelve board wipes main deck and still lost. Right, like the the thing here is it's because Muxus just wins on the turn that it comes down. Your opponent has to be extremely unlucky, right? And and like normally you can do this game plan where you run them out of gas, but you can't gas out a goblins deck. Like, they, they have so many ways to refill. Matron just gets, you know, like, like ringleader once they're running low in cards. Uh, matron gets whatever they need. And then, of course, you just, the long game where, like, all right, well, they just get to six mana naturally. And then you just jam Muxus and you lose anyways. So I do think that goblins is a concern, even, uh, unless, you know, you go full on, like, hatred on them and you're, like, playing, like, like four, four Hushbringers, four Containment Priests, you know, like all of this. Like, you know what I mean? Like without playing these like crazy narrow cards, I don't know how you beat them. Cause it's not like you're hating out mono red. Goblins is a way different beast in historic. 
Yeah. Oh, a correction. Yeah, that is- so historic, I previously mentioned the cards are banned, but they're actually suspended. So there is hope oh, that Three Fairy and Wilderness Wreck come back. I hope not. Uh, also feel the But to, to your point, like goblins, th- this iteration of goblins is pretty much like legacy goblins. Same with the modern version. It's the king of fair. You can't grind them out. So the way to beat them is to just go over the top and combo before they do. Uh, something like Wilderness Reclamation could do. <laughs> so yeah. now that that's gone, I, I don't know how you beat these like super grindy decks. Because like you said, you can play a control deck. You can't keep up with the goblins. You can keep wiping the board again and again and again, and they just keep refilling. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see uh, how that shakes out. Yeah. I mean, it's with like like the only way you can do it is just by playing some seriously ridiculous like cards. Like I mean, like that you just... They're so narrow. They're not good anywhere else. Uh, they can put in like a... Uh, what is this? Not Curse, Curse of Deathhold. Knight's Betrayal or whatever. They can put a couple... Actually, they can I... put those cards into Historic. I mean, I agree. I just... Like, I wish Kervik wasn't legendary. I or, or, like, they gave us a Knight of Deathhold, like a Curse of Deathhold, right? Yeah. Even even Curse of Deathhold would be great. Because first off, Goblins would have a huge like problem with dealing with enchantments. And on top of that, uh, it's not legendary. So if you ever stack two of them, it's over. Like, yeah. but but right now, like Karavik, it helps, but they can get through it. For one, it's a three-two, so they all they need to do is play Chieftain, and then and then play the second Goblin as a follow-up, and then Gempom Incinerator. Yeah, there there definitely are ways around it. Hopefully, it'll be okay. Like I'm a little more hopeful than you guys about Goblins. Like I think the deck's really good, but I do feel like. For me, at least, part of the problem was the cards that you can play to beat goblins, even if they are narrow, they're super dead against reclamation decks and vice versa. So I think it was really difficult to beat goblins when you had to try to beat goblins and reclamation. Now, if goblins is just like the clear number one deck in the format, I do think if you're willing to dedicate some sideboard slots, like narrowly to beating goblins, I think it is doable. Like, I think there are cards that can keep it in check and maybe if, like, a huge percentage of the meta is playing goblins, you can get away with, like, running those cards in your sideboard. So, I'm more, like, fingers crossed mode that maybe goblins will be okay now that Wilderness Wreck isn't there, although I also would not be surprised if we were, like, talking Muxus banning uh, in the future at some point. Because it's very possible that it doesn't play out that way, and maybe goblins just is too good, and being able to just essentially, or even literally win the game on turn three with the best draws is really outside the norms of the historic format. Like, it is only like that's... I mean, it's very similar to, like, Winota in some ways, except maybe more better? Like, it, it's Winota that's it's better. Not- because cause you can kill it, right? Before... You kill Winota before they go to combat. Like, it doesn't, it doesn't matter now, right? It's like, all right, cool, I refill the board. <laughs> I, I feel like Goblins is less consistently fast than Winota was. Like, Winota, like, very regularly had, like, turn three, kill this or die. But you're right that it is more resilient. Like, you can't answer Muxus with removal once it hits the battlefield. And uh, Goblins had a much more legitimate, like, long game plan, I think. Like, surviving Rass, like we were talking about with ringleaders and cards like that. Tutors to find their ringleaders and their Muxuses. So it might actually just be a better version of Winota in a lot of ways. Yeah, it feels like it is, right? I mean, yes, it looks like it's a lot more because six mana, whoa, but then when you have Skirk Prospector, uh, Goblin Warchief reducing the cost, Wily Goblin, like, you know what I mean? Like, it's not like it's really six mana. Yeah, no, that is true. And it does come down uh, pretty quickly, pretty consistently. And it, I think it's the consistency of the deck with all the tutors and stuff that it feels like it does. It does its thing every single time. And its thing is really strong. Like uh, it is uh, there's been a lot of games where Muxus just hits the battlefield and you immediately lose to hasty goblins and Krankos making more hasty goblins. So it's definitely still a frightening deck. And if you're building historic decks post uh, BNR, I think that's definitely the deck that you got to target. Like, come prepared for a lot of goblin decks because I think that's like the immediate winner. No, I, before I had goblins as like the co top deck in the format, like that and wilderness rack were tier one in my opinion. Now I think it might just be goblins until the format like uh, shakes out a little bit post bannings. Yeah, you yeah. speak as if everyone wasn't prepared for goblins already anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> like, I think. Hey, I think- we were already trying to beat goblins. It's just like, how? <laughs> right? But I, I feel a lot of the power of goblins is it has a fair backup plan. Uh, and that you can always beat. Like we have historic anthologies four and five and six. Like they can always just add cards. So 
it's not as crazy as something like Wilderness Trek where a- the answers plague. are super narrow. You're like, what do you do with plague. this, right? Yeah, but like, uh, uh, what's the modern thing? The three mana two two engineered uh, plague, uh, plague engineer. engineer. Yeah. yeah, like oh, yeah, that, that could yeah. totally be just, in this just format. Put that by into the historic. Way. It's totally fine, yeah. right? Like you can just yeah. add that in historic anthologies for right. Like, you can you can do whatever you want. Throw that into Amonkhet remastered, so I don't have to wait longer. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Uh, all right, so let's uh, let's move on to Pioneer, which in some ways maybe got the biggest shakeup, even bigger than Standard, or at least as big in Standard. So Inverter, Kethys, Ballista, Underworld Breach. And these are cards, uh, minus Kethys, which I guess was kind of a new-ish edition, or back to, on the menu, thanks to Oath of Nyssa. But we had been talking about for a long time how three combo decks, Inverter, the Lotus Breach combo, and uh, Heliod, Mono White Devotion, Walking Ballista combo, were essentially most of the Pioneer format, and for me, those were the decks that were kind of keeping me from playing Pioneer, is just running into those decks over and over and over again. Wizards didn't just, like, take any... (laughs) This was not a half measure. They didn't just, like, hit Inverter or hit Dig Through Time to see if that would power down Inverter. They killed Inverter. They killed... (laughs) <laughs> Lotus Breach combo. They killed Walking Ballista combo. They killed Kethys combo by banning the namesake card. That is really most of the top tier decks in the meta. If you look at the meta game, I guess Niv to Light is like in fourth place right now. Mono Black Aggro is on there, but otherwise, Inverter, Mono White Combo Devotion, Lotus Breach, Kethys combo. Those are four of the top six decks in the format. So we are seeing a massive shakeup. Like this is going back to the early days of Pioneer when it's a new format. We essentially have a very much a brand new Pioneer format at this point. What do you think about these changes and uh, how much does this do to improve the Pioneer format? Oh, oh yeah. I mean, like the, the big issues that we had before, right? Were like the amount of uh, inverter like decks running around the Lotus breach combos and whatnot. Um, I'm, I'm excited to see, I, I, and I guess the Kethys decks too, right? Like, but now, can you actually just play Fair Magic and just like hope to beat Mono Black Aggro? I think you can because Mono White before, like, yeah, we had talked about it like pretty much the, since the spoiling of the Heliod that like that and Walking Ballista would be kind of disgusting in Pioneer, right? And to be consistent with the BNR of two card combos and stuff like that, like, I think, I think that was needed. Um, and like, so, so I'm happy to see Walking Ballista go. However, I am excited to see now what I can, like, I can play again, right? Cause I mean, it's not as combo heavy anymore. Um, I, I, I like, I think that, is there, are there any combos left after this BNR? Not, I mean, I guess uh, it depends on what you consider, like, Winoda is still around, uh, for example, but not really at least among like top tier style decks that actually have results i'm sure there's some like janky combos that exist but there's not really a top tier combo deck i can think of uh, unless you want to include like winota on there yeah if, the, if there are any like I, I i wouldn't really i guess at times you could count winota eh, but i mean like right now it just doesn't feel like there's any crazy combo deck so that's actually sweet i i i think that's really sweet i think the format's actually probably going to be in a pretty healthy spot, at least over the short term. Like, we know there's good aggro decks. Mono Green's still there. Mono Black's still there. We still have good control decks. Uh, yeah. Esper Control, Bant Control. Grixis Control. We have, uh, <laughs> Grixis Control. Yep, yep. And uh, we, we have mid-range decks. Like, I think, uh, like, the Saltai Pile, Saltai Delirium, like, that's probably immediately in the conversation to be one of the better decks in the format. Uh, so I think we might actually end up with a relatively like healthy, fair aggro versus mid range versus control with probably some ramp thrown in since we still have a lot of good ramp cards in the format. But I think it might actually be a, a pretty rock, paper, scissors y healthy metagame. And I think for me, Pioneer might be the format I'm most excited about coming out of these changes. Like it was a format that, much like standard, I was just not playing because of the state of the meta. And Wizards basically answered every single problem that. I had with the format, and then some by adding Kethys to the list, which uh, I'm fine with it being gone, but that wasn't one of my big three that I needed to be banned, so I'm actually, like, super hyped to start playing Pioneer again. Do you think this will get people back into the format, though? That's a big question. Like, obviously these bannings and the severity of them and the quickness of them, the only thing that makes sense is 
that Wizards was seeing some really bad play numbers on Arena and Magic Online. Like, it had to be that I wasn't the only one that had stopped playing Standard and stopped playing uh, Pioneer. We'd heard stories of, like, Pioneer events not firing on Magic Online. I assume that Standard play was way down on Arena. So uh, do you think this is going to reverse that trend, or has the damage been done? Did Wizards let Pioneer languish for too long that people have, like, sold out their collections and just given up on the format and moved on to something else? I I can't say that that's for sure uh, like what happened, but I do feel like it would. This should drive traffic back into like Pioneer, right? I mean, uh, at least to where I'm not waiting like ten minutes in queue to like get one match, and then and then like on top of that, like standard, I, everyone's just been playing historic, right? I, I I guess this this does drive people back, but I do worry that like maybe. The, the, the damage has been done, right? People have just fully been like waiting now. Like they're just committed to waiting until rotation because they're, even though like three fairies gone and all of that growth spiral, there are still some things that are still annoying in standard. Um, so like maybe, maybe, and, and it does come from more of the spark, right? So like maybe people will still wait for rotation. Uh, at least standard. Yeah, Pioneer. I think-, I, I think this could drive some traffic back into it. I think the damage has been done across all the formats. Like, I am not particularly interested in playing standard. Uh, like, you're like, oh, Team of Adventures might be a tier one deck now. I'm like, I've been playing this crap for like six months, right? Like, I don't want to play this anymore, right? So I think it sets up the future. I think it sets up Zendikar Rising uh, or Return to Zendikar or whatever. So I think that's really good. But for Pioneer, I think it lives and dies by how good or bad modern and historic are uh when pioneer first launched like modern was like really bad everyone's like yeah let's go play pioneer and we actually saw this right we saw people stopped making modern decks and they made pioneer decks and then when pioneer sucked people went back to modern so it's the same players they're just shifting formats i don't know if there's a person besides content creators that like plays literally every single format like standard historic pioneer modern it's usually you know standard plus one non-rotating format maybe limited so yeah i think if historic is good people will play historic if modern is good people will play modern if you don't uh play on arena and uh if they suck then people will try pioneer and hopefully it's good but if it sucks too then i think that's the last straw so do you think that pioneer like if all the formats are healthy, Pioneer loses out to both Historic and Modern. Like, let's say all the formats are equally good. Do you think it's just, like, third in the hierarchy of non-rotating formats? For now. I think I'd rather play Historic, right? If if, if if Historic is supposed to be the place you play Fair Magic, like Fair Magic with older cards, Modern is the place where you combo off, uh, then, like, what is Pioneer now? Well, uh, see, I, I, think, I think that changes, though, once Pioneer hits Arena. Right. Like, cause like it, depending on how, like it, what's on arena, that'll like affect it. Right. I mean, once it comes to arena, a lot of people will get to play with things that, you know, we, we don't have in historic. So I, I, I think that's, it's going to be, it's going to change once that happens for right now, though, while it's strictly on moto. Yeah. I, I do think that if, if standards healthy, if historic's popular and modern's popular, uh, it does affect, uh, pioneer. Yeah, I think, I mean, I think that is uh, probably the biggest deal uh, when it gets to Arena and how that goes. Uh, I think for right now, I think this definitely improves it, and I'm, like, hopeful uh, that maybe the leagues will start firing at least again, at least short-term. I think people will be hyped to try out decks. I know that I still get a lot of Pioneer deck submissions. I do, like, the Fish Tank articles and stuff like that, and a lot of people still send me their Pioneer brews, so there is still interest out there, and I have people that, like, come into the stream chat and are asking, like, when are we going to play Pioneer? And I'm like, eh, probably never until they ban things. <laughs> but, but now they've banned things, so I'm going to give it a shot, and I'm actually legitimately excited for it, so ah, fingers crossed. I think having Pioneer be healthy and actually firing its cues and somewhat popular is, like, overall a good thing for Magic. To The more options you have, the the better. So, uh, so out of the formats today, which one do you think improved most out of this list? Uh, Historic, Standard, or Pioneer? Which one are you, uh, has your hype level increased uh, the most for, based on the announcement? Almost all of them, except for, like, I, I, I'm a little bit, I, I, I'm still a little bit worried about Historic and losing three fairy and whatnot. Like, I, I, I am genuinely sweating that. Uh, but, but other than that, I, 
I, I also wonder just real quick, what if Wilderness Reclamation just moves to Pioneer? Yeah. Right? Like, that. It that's will. still a thing. <laughs> and, like, it's not like they don't, like, you know what I mean? Like, the growth spirals there, like, the whole package is still there. So I wonder now, like, is, like, that just be gonna, gonna be the thing? Pioneer is just gonna be the Wilderness Rec format? Oh, I mean, pretty so much. We've seen Wilderness Rec sort of be, like, a fringe thing in Pioneer. I'm actually pretty curious if it will be good in the format. Like, do you actually think that Wilderness Rec bleeds mono black aggro? Like, just a bunch of thought seizes and discard and aggro black creatures? Like, I kind of wonder if it just has bad matchups against some of the like top tier decks in the format. So maybe it'll just be like a tier two deck or something rather than like the best deck in the format. But oh, God forbid, like I, I would be fine if they like what they did with Teferi today on Arena. Just do that with Wilderness Wreck in every format. Like, le- throw in Legacy and Vintage just in case we get to that point eventually. Just, <laughs> oh, that's one of the cards that they, I wish it just had never been printed. Like, I mean, it yeah. has not done anything fun in any format. Like, if it's good, it's good in a way that's really miserable and unfun. Correct. See, and, like, that, that's why I'm worried here, because, like, I actually don't think that it's... Yes, sure, maybe it, it gets dunked on by discard and, like, like cheap aggro creatures, but it's not like they... Like, those decks can't just, like, play cheap sweepers, like, flame sweep and stuff like that. So, I I, I don't know. I mean, I think it still has room to dominate Pioneer, uh, cause you know, you know how it is. Like we, we ax the best deck and then, you know, people just dig up the next best thing. And wilderness reclamation is like you had mentioned, you know, just never fun, whatever it's good in. It's, it's never in a fun way and it's still legal. The entire shell is legal in pioneer. It's because we don't have frowny face on magic. <laughs> feedback. How was your matchup? Frowny face. But I mean, we see that because of the power creep and standard, like, if you've noticed, like, every BNR we've had, like, it's cross-format, right? Like, Oko, Once Upon a Time, like, you ban these things in Standard, and then you're like, oh, I gotta ban them in Modern and Pioneer and Legacy and blah, 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 right? Like, our, the cards are so powerful that they warp all the formats, right? So if it's gone for Standard, right, it's just gonna pop up in Pioneer, right? <laughs> it's gonna pop up in Modern. Uh, so I would not be surprised if you see Wilderness Wreck pop up. Uh, maybe not now, maybe in the future. If it's not Wilderness Wreck, then the next card we see banned, like, is Three Fairy gonna be banned from Pioneer? Like, I don't know. <laughs> right? Yeah. Uh, so, it's just standard cards are so powerful that if they're gone in standard, uh, they, they might be gone in Pioneer Modern too. It, it could be like every single card we made in this era of magic is just banned, right? It's like two out of one. 2019 uh, maybe. being banned. <laughs> Maybe you see Fires of Invention. Who knows, right? Like, you, you never know, right? So we just have so many cards being banned. And if the power level of Pi- Like, I wonder if you just take a standard deck, like an unbanned standard deck into Pioneer. Like, how how would you fare uh, with oh. with all the combos gone now? I mean, if it was if it was fully unbanned with like Okos and Vale of Summers and Once Upon a Times, you'd probably be the best deck. I think that was the best deck in Pioneer but before they banned Okos. <laughs> we, we know that, yeah. <laughs> All right, so so another question on this for you guys. We were just talking about un- arguably unprecedented bannings. Uh, at least right now we have a tie for the most bannings we have ever had in Standard. We saw a huge list of bannings across formats. It's been consistent for the past year. Do you think that this is a sign that Wizards has realize that something has kind of gone awry with the design process, that we're needing to ban all these cards on a regular basis. Or the other thing I saw people say is that this is intentional. And I guess this is like, I'm not super familiar with Yu-Gi-Oh, but I guess Yu-Gi-Oh, their community just like kind of accepts that they like print really powerful cards to sell packs and then they ban those cards and then they print more really powerful cards to sell the next set of packs and then they end up banning those cards. Like, do you think this is intentional and this is like what magic is going to be like for the next two years? Or do you think with this huge set of bannings and all the ones that have come before it, Wizards is like at least internally thinking, okay, we probably got to like change things up. If we go away from this fire design philosophy, we can't keep having this happen where we're banning like 10 cards at a shot every three months. Uh, where, where do you think we're heading for the future? Oh, man. I, that is, that's tough. I mean, I'm sure they're going to definitely know, like, like at now, like they, all right, maybe we should dial it back a little bit, but will they? Oh, that's, 
We've been saying that since energy. Yeah. <laughs> like Evercole and Sahili copycat. We're like, ah, yeah, th- th- this is too much, right? Like we've never had bannings before. Uh, so- someone make a graph of like bannings over time. I think it's gone up exponentially. <laughs> I-, I don't know that they've learned anything. Uh, I-, I feel like they're trying to sell packs by increasing power level, but they're not good at it. Right? <laughs> they've been good at not increasing power level. Like magic has been around... Uh, for 20 years and prior to kind of the current era of play design we were pretty good about not power creeping uh you know so so much that the old cards the power nine were unbeatable and in general like the old cards were too good nowadays like oko is just coming in and wrecking legacy and things like that right so I, i think they're not good at doing this i don't know if it's intentional or not but i don't want to play it like it's okay that you have rotating power but during that gameplay it's just not fun like it's not fun playing against wilderness wreck like you have to play those cards or you can't win so it's not like other games where they make a certain class or a certain race overpowered uh this is just like you have to play this deck and it takes away the creativity of magic so i don't think i like this and i'd rather just go back to the state of no bannings and like this is playing digital. I cannot imagine dropping like a hundred dollars into fairies or something and then having a band or being afraid it's gonna be banned and just like, you know, invalidating my entire deck and my Teferis and all of that. Like imagine if you bought promo Teferis for your paper deck to play standard. Crim. <laughs> right? And you, you you drop like, oh okay, secret layer Teferi. Sure, I'll pay like five hundred dollars for this set of Teferis, right? And then like two weeks later it's banned, right? Like what are you gonna do about this, right? So I, I feel it just undermines consumer confidence. Someone actually pointed out this actually like just kinda happened with Walking Ballista, and that was like the one valuable card in a secret layer drop when they did the like the robot one, layer transformer yeah. one or whatever. And that was like the only money card in that. And that's why you spent thirty dollars was to get like a thirty dollar walking ballista. And I mean I guess it's not gonna go down to zero. It's he's playing legacy, it's he's playing modern, but it did just get banned in a format. So we do kind of see that happening and I think that is still a concern. I think it's less of a concern today with so much shifting to arena, uh, especially in standard. Like, I'm not really sure how many people still play paper standard. And this is not like a pandemic thing, but I'm not sure how many people still play like competitive paper standard, even when we're not in a pandemic and things are open. It feels like much of that has shifted uh, to digital. So I think that makes it less painful. But that's still a thing. Like, if you look at the cost of the decks that were banned today, you're talking about like Teamer Reclamation, $459. Bant Ramp, almost $600. I guess Racto Sacrifice is only $179. The Pioneer decks are also four to $500. That's a lot of money for people to lose, like, uh, because your deck gets banned. So I think, how many times can that happen before people are just like, okay, like, magic is already expensive. I've kind of like come to grips with the fact that I have a really expensive hobby. But if you keep buying decks for hundreds of dollars only to have them get banned a few weeks or months later like how long does someone do that before they're like all right maybe i'll like find another hobby where they don't invalidate my like purchase every few months like i think that is still a legitimate concern for paper players yeah i mean it's and it's totally understandable right i mean like i i i can't tell you how many people just like come into my chat and just say like ever since they switched to arena they've just been more okay with the bannings because the financial aspect of it. So like if everything's just a wild card, it's obviously not as bad, right? But, but, but if you're spending real dollary dues, like hard earned cash and then getting it just invalidated immediately, that does feel bad, right? I mean, for me, I'll just cry and like just play it in EDH <laughs> and whatnot, like my Teferis and stuff, but like. <laughs> You know, like for people that that are like way more like into the competitive scene and whatnot, like you know what I mean, like like it, it's kind of a bummer, right? I I I shelled out for these Teferis, and now I can't play them, so I don't feel like buying into another standard deck because what if that gets banned? And I I also think like probably to some extent all of us come from a somewhat privileged position when it comes to like card prices and like decks and so forth i think i remember one one that stuck with me from a long time ago was some like 
uh, 15-year-old kid who had spent his birthday money that he got on a Emrakul The Promised End, like the, the Delirium deck when it was in Standard, and then they banned Emrakul, and he was like, now I just, like, can't play Magic. Like, I spent all the money that I got for my birthday to build this deck, then they banned the deck. So I think it impacts some people more than others, younger players who are, like, just starting off, and those sort of players that we want in the game, I guess theoretically those are also players that will hopefully be playing on Arena, and maybe that will be lessening the impact, but I think there still is a concern with all these bannings that it will turn people off specifically to, uh, like, the the paper aspect of the game. Not Commander, uh, that's kind of its own thing and isn't really impacted the same way, but as far as, like, building tournament decks in paper, like, can you even recommend someone do that these days? Like, can you with a straight face be like, hey, you should buy this, you know, $500 paper standard deck? Like, that, I think that is a wise investment. I'm actually not sure if you can. Yeah, I, I don't think I can make, safely tell anybody <laughs> to make that investment, right? Because it's, it's so scary. Like, I, I, I could tell you an EDH, sure, like a certain deck or something like that, but like, I don't know, that seems a little scary to recommend somebody a paper deck in standard. <laughs> Uh, all right. Uh, any other any other thoughts on all this BNR stuff? Uh, or I guess maybe we just go to fish mail. I mean, the other stuff we had on our list was double masters full set and uh, PT finals. I think PT finals. I'm not sure how much there is to say about it because of the bannings. <laughs> Are any of the decks illegal? <laughs> uh, there's a mono black deck that made it, I believe, to the finals. Like a mono black aggro deck. That one's still around, but that was also a deck that was very metagame specifically to fight reclamation decks. I think the pilot, I can't remember at one point, I think they said he was like, I don't know, 10 and 0 or something against rec decks, just like absolutely stomping, but lost to a rec deck in the finals. So, uh, so <laughs> that deck is, uh, that deck is still around, but really it was all about team or rec. It was 50 something percent of the meta. It was 50% of the top eight. That's gone. So I don't know if we can learn much from that. Double Masters? Any uh, any full set thoughts? I guess let me let me ask you this question on Double Masters. We got the full set. Are either of you going to uh, pick up a box? That is something How that I've been wanting to know. Like, am I going to pick up a box? I'm kind of like mulling over it. I'm not really sure. You know, like it's just like uh, I, I don't know. <laughs> they 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 did Liliana dirty. So no <laughs> <laughs> no, no box top for Liliana. We needed another Bob Art for some reason. <laughs> so I'm going to have to wait up for Triple Masters. <laughs> triple, I, triple Masters. Triple. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, hey, we heard the $100 packs went so well. <laughs> we're going to we're gonna double it up again. It's now $200 packs. And you get three foils this time. And maybe they won't curl. But uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, the cards are expensive. I don't buy paper cards anymore because like what is the point right if i don't play with them immediately maybe my deck is no longer around we talked about the problems with standard it's the same for modern and pioneer and stuff like that uh you know my jun deck is invalid if i fill it out now if i don't play it immediately in six months i probably need a new build anyway so like what is the point <laughs> so yeah i just wait and then uh if there's a specific promo i like i'll buy it but nothing really I really wanted a new Liliana, and I don't have one, so I'm sad. And then that's it. End of story. The Thoughtseize. That Thoughtseize is the main driving point for me, actually. That's the only... No no one's paying $110 to pay two life and then have you Mystic Sanctuary it back, okay? (laughs) I think... I think I've come around on, on VIP boosters. I think that's what I'm going to do is like open a couple of those instead of a box. I feel like that's where, where the value of the set is for the most part. So I think I'm heading that direction over picking up a, a box proper. The box itself. I mean, there is good cards there and there is good value there, but there's also just like so much variance. There's a lot of rares that I don't really need and don't really have any value. So I'm a little nervous to like open a full box, but I do think that the box toppers in general are really sweet. And even the ones that I kind of complained about with the like miscommunications about commons and uncommons being off shifted, even those like the arts really sweet. I think I would like to have those in my collection. So I think that's the direction I'm going to go is just, uh, just snag a, a few of those and uh, get my pack cracking fix that way. How many is a couple? <laughs> I mean, there, there's, 
ridiculously expensive, so I don't know. Maybe, like, literally a couple? Either that or I'm just going to, like, go big and get, like, a case and do a video of it and then probably regret it. (laughs) Yeah, I I think you're going to buy one or two and, like, open, like, expedition maps in both of them. You're like, okay, you know what? I'll buy, like, ten more. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And then you get full Tron. You're like, hmm. (laughs) (laughs) That's the thing. Like, you could open a full Tron deck, and Tron is the deck I want to play least in all of Magic. Like, if I could open, I don't know, like, a Mono Red Prison deck or something, I'd be all about it. But what am I going to do with a bunch of fancy Tron lands? Good Nothing. Point. You can actually build most of Tron right here. You got Karn, you got Worm Coils. Yeah. You, you uh, really do. You have the map, you, got, <laughs> you have the lands. Yeah, and we just had Ugin reprinted in the core set. So I think one of the sneaky impacts of Double Masters, and I don't know if I'm happy about this or not. Like, I guess I'm happy because it makes the game cheaper, but it's going to make modern Tron really cheap to buy into. So I expect we're going to see, like an influx of Neutron players uh, if people still play paper modern decks and are interested in paper modern decks, but that seems like one of the biggest impacts is if you want like a top-tier modern deck, almost the entire deck just got reprinted, so you're going to be able to <laughs> pick up Tron like on the cheap, uh, way, way cheaper than it was not that long ago. Anyway, Richard, uh, let's get some fish mail before we run out of time today. Take it away. All right. If you have questions, send them to at Goldfish on Twitter, uh, and we'll get to your questions on air. Wow, I butchered that. Wow. Okay, first question from email. Uh, it's a long question. I'm going to summarize it. But basically, this person made day two of the Arena Historic Open. But on day two, they missed the cutoff to start the event uh, because it was written in tiny, uh, tiny letters on the screen. And they were lamenting that, why is Wizards doing this? Why don't they be like every other online service and just hammer you with email, send you an email, say, hey, look, you have an event tomorrow. Hey, look, you have an event in two hours. Uh, what do you guys think about that? Uh, should they make more of an effort to uh, make it readily uh, noticeable that you have an upcoming arena event, even like pop something up on your screen or something like that? Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I've actually heard that happen to a lot of people. Um, and just like people miss the deadline to like log in and they were, they were used to the idea of how like day one went where you just log in and then just kind of play through the queue until you get there. Right. So, uh, like I, I, I do wonder why you can't just do that. Hmm. I mean, I think it's a good thing. I haven't played really any tournaments like that out of Rita, so I don't really know much about how the system is now, but it seems very easy to uh, make it very apparent and to send players reminders, and I can't see what the, the harm of that is, so hopefully that's something that Wizards develops in the near future, because it definitely seems like a huge feel-bad to grind your way through day one, make day two, and then not get to play from some weird technicality or not seeing the small print that is probably pretty difficult to find. Yeah, I I think everyone agrees that that would be nice, but I don't know that Wizards has these kind of things high on the priority list. I mean, we couldn't even sort deck lists in Arena for like the longest time, so... I, I don't know. I think just if you play in these high-level events, you just got to be super uh, vigilant, like read everything, set your alarm clock, set a second alarm clock, and kind of just deal with it because uh, I think Wizards doesn't have a focus on kind of these other things. Uh, okay, a lot of questions are no longer valid because people are asking about things like early rotation <laughs> things like that. <laughs> well, surprise, we got early rotation today. Yay! Uh more ban lists. Okay, Wolfie Star one two three. Do you think Watsy needs to start using the Sarah Avenger restriction again? So Sarah Avenger is a two mana three three flying. Yeah, you can't play in the first, second, and third turns of the game. Mm-hmm. Reverse once upon a time. <laughs> I, don't I think think those oh, designs are great. I, I don't think it that does anything. I don't know. I don't. I, don't, I didn't really like that. To be honest with you, th- that design. I'm That's like, like basically Surge, kind of, right? <laughs> give it suspend, lie to me, or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, o- I'm okay with it in small doses. Like, I think Sarah Avenger is a sweet card, but as far as being, like, a mechanic or something that shows up on a bunch of cards, I don't think I would like that. I just don't know what it does either, right? Like, because, like, what? Now you get, like, let's just say we already have a three mana 6-6, six, six, right? 
Um, and like the, before, I think with Sarah Avenger, it was pretty cool because, well, all right, that was like a two mana three, three with flying, right? Crazy statted body. It, if they bring that back and if there's a power creep to that, I think what it would be, it would be like essentially a free, I don't know, 30, 30, like that you couldn't <laughs> play until turn three. Oh, so you think it would be like, have to be massively over overpowered yeah. to make up for the downside. Yeah, correct. Like, <laughs> I like, guess that is a concern, right? Like, because because a two mana three three with flying was like, well, that's ridiculous, right? But like, but now that's got to change, and it's got to power creep itself to like work in the twenty twenty meta. And if that's the case, then it's like, oh boy, you know that's going to be a problem. You know that's going to be a problem. Next question. Tanthalus667, who writes the MTG Goldfish post on Twitter covering daily spoilers? I feel like I can hear Richard's voice behind every jab about price or low demand reprints. <laughs> uh, it is not me. <laughs> Looks like Nietzsche's getting sassy with his comments <laughs> on the spoilers. But yeah, it's not me. It's actually uh, the person who edits Commander Clash. Um, but it was me. For the previous like six years, so depending on when when you were reading this, uh, but if I do it nowadays, it'll just be complaining about why Armageddon is not a new thing <laughs> and <laughs> whether every, it fits in genre or not. Every 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 single uh, Double Master spoiler is just like eh, it's not Liliana the Veil, yeah. but <laughs> I, I am still really mad about that. It's been it's been like seven years. What when was Innistrad? We, we did the math. It's been so long. It, it's longer one than art. we think. It's like ten years or something. Yeah, yeah it's, it's got to be like ten years. One one art, one art. Uh, crush. Daddy86, is there a way for F2P free-to-play players to get to Historic? I have every set since LJ completed, but don't know if it's worth my hard-earned gold to grind older sets. I mean, I think what you can do is, like, build one of the decks right now that are, like, like Goblins, like we had just mentioned. Of course, that you are on the map, but, like, you know what? I think even if Goblins lost Muxus, I think it'd still be good. Because before, it was already pretty good. It just needed a Chieftain. So... I think you can build goblins and eat, like even if they ban something out of goblins, which would most likely be Muxus, I could I, I, at least that's what I see them banning. You would still be a good deck, and then yeah, you just jam that over and over and over. Yeah, I think goblins is a good option. There's also some decks that if uh, if you look at them are very similar to decks that are or have been popular in standard, like mono red aggro's a semi legitimate deck uh, there's a gruel ember cleave deck those decks you probably already have most of the pieces some of them are like literally the standard deck plus like lanawar elves and the gruel deck or whatever that are actually competitive so i would look around on the historic metagame page which has recently been updated to have a tournament list instead of just all users submitted lists and see that uh, if maybe you have something that is basically already completed Thanks to your standard collection, that would be a really easy way to get into it. I will say that building decks that are mostly jumpstart decks become really challenging, uh, unless you just played a ton of jumpstart because you have to essentially spend wild cards on every single piece that you need. And, uh, that can add up pretty quickly. So, uh, go with goblins, as Grim said, or try to find a deck that you mostly already have the pieces to from standard and start there and then build out as you, uh, earn more wild cards. And, and if you've got a billion, like, uh, like, uncommon wild cards mono blue it's really popular again and it doesn't use more than like it, i don't even know how many rares it has i think the only thing it has is just uncommons commons and then four brazen borrower yeah it's like it is very cheap so uh, I remember it's very similar to standard so yeah i think i'm looking at it right now you need well i guess three mythics and 11 rares it says all together in the first build that pops up i guess the sea dasher octopus a lot of people are playing people uh, people have started to just drop that though because now you can play curiosity and and curious obsession so you might not actually even need to play all the rares that are uh that are listed on there and some of the other ones are random like entrancing melody in the sideboard so yeah you could definitely build a really cheap budget version of mono blue tempo and that is a, a legitimate deck i think that's in our like top tier essentially uh on the metagame page right now all right uh nicholas langrel one what do you think will happen first watsy adding a sixth color to magic or watsy abolishing the reserve list uh, adding oh. adding a sixth color <laughs> you mean a seventh color because se we have colorless <laughs> see but technically <laughs> all right all right fine a seventh color <laughs> A non-colorless sixth color. 
I'm going to go reserve list. I don't think we're ever going to have a, a true six color. I know there's been like rumors about it and so forth. Oh man. Actually, I'm going to sidetrack us right now. Did you see, uh, with Marrow's, uh, like panel about Zendikar Rising, he mentioned a land cycle that he'd been trying to print for a very long time. Yeah. Coming in the set. And it's a six card cycle. What possibilities are there with this land cycle? That really threw the six card thing really threw me because land cycles are five or ten. Like you, I can't think oh, of. I, I think if they're going to be al- five allied, and then the Grixis Triome. Uh, <laughs> that's that's what I want to actually happen. <laughs> but uh, in all seriousness, I do hope they finish out the triomes. But it it is something new, right? Like I I do think. It, it, it's got to, I think it's going to start off allied and I do wonder what the sixth one is. Yeah. That's, that's what I was trying to think. Like, why would there be an extra one? Like what sort of design would require six <laughs> cards in the cycle? So A I'm colorless actually really dual land. It can add colorless <laughs> or it can add colorless. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, I think we're getting a sixth color. I, I think. The possibility for selling. So if, if you open the reserve list, it's like a bag of worms and like a lot of people see that as a downfall of magic. Uh, but a six color, like think of all the cards you can sell, like all of the new colored fetch lands, all of the new colored utility. Like you just open yourself all up the to new balancing so issues. much more product. <laughs> <laughs> Who cares about balance? Look at standard. We don't need balance, right? So I, I do think they will actually add a six color just to sell more cards, right? You can have new planeswalkers, you can have new dual lands, like every single dual land. You can have new uh, master set, like what, what is it, purple masters, I, whatever, right? Like the, you can just sell so much stuff. I think that because if they do add a sixth color, that would add a bigger card collection, right? And making standard a bigger mm-hmm. card pool, and that does, you know, it, depending on how good that color is. That could, you know, make it so that standard goes a little bit deeper than where it is now. And it gives us, it gives it more longevity over releases and stuff like that. Yeah. I mean, I guess I'm not fully opposed to a six color. I just think it's, it's unlikely. And I do think that they'll get rid of the reserve list eventually. Can they? (laughs) Like, how do they, how do they take that back into the, like, you know, like, at least legally, right? Like, legal work wise. Like, how do they take that back? I don't know that there's any, like, what would you, like, a class action lawsuit against a promise that was never written or agreed upon anywhere? Like, I don't know, like, it would, it wouldn't be a legal problem. It would be more like consumer confidence, right? Like, you would just never buy a card from Magic again, uh, from Wizards again, because you feel it's going to be reprinted, right? So you would never buy a $500 card again. I mean, I would definitely Um, feel terrible about, uh, like, owning the duels that I have, but, like, at the same time, I think that it should happen. Like, I'd rather it happen, like, whatever I take. But wh- why would Wizards want to promote Legacy? Like, it's it's just an artifact. It's just, like, an old artifact of magic history. Like, why would they feel the need? I feel like maybe if they print it in, like, Collector's Edition or something like that, like a, a non-legal format, um, they could do that. But I don't see them, like, printing full-blown Legacy legal duels or things like that. Because, like, what is the point? It, it does All it does is just, like, make all the collectors angry. And then people to play a format you didn't want them to play anyway. So, like... But I, I mean, mean, like, I, I guess... What about, like, in, like, a Mythic Edition or, or some kind of, like, like you know, Expedition? Like, I think that, that'd be fine, right? Yeah. I mean, I feel like if anything gets them to do it, it's Commander. Like, I think right. that's where, like, Dual Lands and Gaia's Cradles and, like, that's why some of those cards matter. And even though I'm not sure how much, like, paper standard matters to Wizards at this point with the shift to Arena, I think that they do really care about Commanders. So if there's anything that makes them uh, actually reverse the reserve list, I think it's going to be that Commander players, like, uh, start to cry out for needing original Dual Lands and Gaia's I- Cradles and cards like that. I could never see like dual lands being cried out for. I mean, like, like you know what I mean. Like, you you have what the battle bond lands. They if they if they they've made so many solid lands over the years that I don't think the duels will help. But I do think like think things like Gaia's Cradle, like Gilded Drake, is on that right, like on the reserve list. I believe so. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like like I got that card for like thirty bucks, and I was complaining that it was thirty dollars. <laughs> That card is not $30 anymore and has no need to be a $200 card. 
Like that is, there's no. They'll just make a better one, right? Yeah, they'll just they you can just make a better one of all these other cards. Like whatever, like you can make a better cradle. Like it, it like taps for land. It's like the the new one that flips. I, it's just straight up a guy's cradle that taps for land for mana if you have no creatures, right? They can make those. I think this all comes down to Commander Legends, right? Like you can definitely just make better cards that are, are essentially what is the same card but improved. Yeah, so like, it, and it would all come down to Commander Legends. Yeah. Also, Gilded Break uh, is, right. uh, is almost a three hundred dollar card now. By the oh, way, oh, so it went up again. <laughs> yeah, it spiked again in the last in the last few days. So <laughs> great news, <laughs> great news. <laughs> I should like who buys these? I'm like so curious. Like, like if you're playing like casual EDH, even competitive EDH, like do you need a three hundred dollar Gilded Drake? <laughs> like, what do you do with this? Right? Like, is it really necessary? Does that up the entertainment value? I feel like just like ordering fancy food or something or you know for your play group is like a much better use of money at this point it is a fun card fun for i guess one person but like okay like like i do i do think it is a cool card i just it's not a 300 dollars card i know that it, i was as i said that card should not be more than like 40 bucks the card should be like a dollar i mean in all seriousness <laughs> yeah like it probably should just be a couple dollars right like but you know what? Like, th- there's there's so many other things that you can use in its place too, uh, but I, I think why it's so good is because it's so cheap. It's like a two mana card, <laughs> and I I don't understand why that's still three hundred bucks. I don't understand a lot of the reserve list cards. Like, what isn't moat on that? Like, moat's on that, right? Uh, yeah, moat's yeah. super expensive. Oh, moat is so. so I I have a new meta. Instead of using money on cards to pay to win, you just straight up pay to win. (laughs) Check check your PayPal. Uh, I sent you five dollars. Just king make me. (laughs) It's much better than spending three hundred dollars on a card to get advantage. Weird. Who knows if that doesn't already happen during Commander Clash? Ooh. (laughs) We all have our PayPal balances open already. Does Richard always win for some odd reason? <laughs> let's, let's maybe I just have the deepest pockets. Yeah. <laughs> let's get a bunch of people to put their tinfoil hats on. Oh no, on. I accidentally king made you. Oh, oh no. weird. Mm, I guess it was a misplay. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. Last question, last question, because I'm curious on Seth's opinion of this. Eleven vicious. What do you think is a better investment? A sealed case of War of the Spark or eight VIP booster packs? <laughs> I would say, so long term, I would say VIP booster packs. If you're just planning on holding them for the next five years or 10 years or something, I would say VIP booster packs. <sighs> Short term, EV wise, uh, probably still VIP boosters. So I yeah. guess VIP boosters all around. Cause the only thing you're getting in a, a, a sealed Japanese case is Liliana foil. Right, that that like it's like that that would make it so that the case was worth it because I think the the Lily uh, alternative art foil is I think like a couple grand. That is true, but the question is not even Japanese. Oh. it's just a sealed case. Oh, it's just normal. Park. Oh, then yeah, yeah. VIP two thousand percent. Then like whatever so, my answer was before, double that now. <laughs> so I think I think the big reason is War of the Spark can and will be reprinted. It's going to be really hard and unlikely that Wizards reprints the same box toppers with the same art. That would, I think if Wizards starts doing that, people would really freak out because they're like supposed to be collectibles. But you can bet that in a future mes- master set, um, Teferi Time Raveler. Well, maybe not Teferi anymore <laughs> since it's banned in every format, but uh, other good cards from War of the Spark will be reprinted and reprinted and reprinted. So who knows what the value of the set looks like in a few years. Yeah, I wonder if the fairy is actually never reprinted again because he's banned everywhere, and like <laughs> that's it. <laughs> All right, uh, thank you to everyone who sent them, sent in questions. If you have questions, you can send them to at mtggoldfish with the hashtag mtgfishmail, and we'll get to your questions on air. And. I believe that that brings us to the end of episode 289 of the MTG Goldfish podcast. So, Richard Krim, thanks for hanging out. Thanks to everyone for listening. Thanks to Card Conduit for supporting the show. So, we will be back next week to talk about whatever goes down in the world of magic. Until then, have a wonderful week. And this is the crew signing out. Bye.